From the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. Gotta be real with it. Kiki, do you love me? Are you riding? Say you never ever leave from beside me. Cause I want you, and I need you. And I'm down for you always, KB. Do you love me? Are you riding? Say you never ever leave from beside me. Cause I want you, and I need you. And I'm down for you it's Friday, July 20th, 2018, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studio, Eddie Big Hat Koffeltz. Yes, nice to see you. Over there on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, my brother, Chandler Strang. Hello. And sitting by his side, his apprentice, Mark Jackson. Hi there. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And all the way from Nashville, Tennessee, author, speaker, podcaster, extraordinaire. Annie F. Downs. Good morning, gents. I feel like there was a comma between podcaster and extraordinaire, and I think I like that best. Yeah, yeah. Extraordinaire is actually just an overarching just label. It's an yeah. umbrella. Whatever you do, you wear a shirt with doves on it, extraordinaire. It's my you bird shirt. A, we call you have it an X on, a, X on a blanket on a chair, bird shirt. Pictures <laughs> of your friends on the wall yeah. back there. Extraordinaire. Extraordinaire. Yeah. Extraordinaire, all the things. Thank you, guys. That's who Annie F. Downs is. You are so good for my... Ego, my emotions, all of it. <laughs> we have a great show coming up for you today. Comedian Bo Burnham joins us. He has a new movie coming out today, I believe, called Eighth Grade. We saw it at, uh, one of our guys saw it at South by Southwest Film Festival this this spring. It's a breakout. It was buzzworthy. And uh, we're excited to have him on the show today. I'm excited. Yeah. I, I have this in the bio. It has a 99% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Yeah. I saw the preview when I went and saw the Mr. Rogers movie last week, and it looks so good. I can't wait to What'd see it. What do you think of Mr. Rogers? Yeah. Jerk. Um, I <sighs> thought it was really beautiful. I thought it was a great movie. I, I loved... My favorite part was watching him actually talk to children. And seeing how kids, that's what made me the most teary because I thought, man, five-year-old Annie, if she'd have met Mr. Rogers, she'd have hugged him too. Yeah. You know? That guy like raised me. My dad traveled. Yeah, all, I feel a little but bit But really, like my that. dad traveled all the time and I rarely saw him. Like Mr. Rogers was like, it was like kind of father figure. The stable father figure. Did you see the movie yet, Eddie? I have I have not seen the movie. Man, I, I got I to gotta take that. It's going to get me in some real hot water. And I'm, oh not, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. a little worried. I'm a little worried about it. <laughs> Waiting on this. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, I thought Mr. Rogers was the most boring show ever. Oh, for sure you <laughs> like, did. When it was on, I'm like, are serious people watch this for the fun of it? Like, this is... <laughs> there was two camps. The there's the Sesame it. Street kids and the Mr. Rogers kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's the He-Man Ninja Turtle cool All kids. All right, you're too old at that point. <laughs> Not me. I was watching shows with gratuitous violence at like three. So take that, Mr. Rogers. <laughs> Explains a lot. I don't want to watch a show that involves the first two minutes, the guys changing cardigans, okay? <laughs> I've got shows where people... People are fighting. <laughs> One of the things they talk about in the film is how intentional Mr. Rogers was to have slow and yeah. quiet in yeah. his show. Did you have you seen the movie? Chan? No, no, yeah, I absolutely will. Yeah. I just haven't yet. And then America's Funniest Home Videos came on, and Jesse knew his real calling in the world. Like, <laughs> his calling a in second. life, right? <laughs> this is what it's about. But you know what, Chandler? Did you? So, Mister Rogers raised you. America's Funniest it. Home Videos raised, raised Jesse, Jesse, which is yeah. exactly how you yeah. get an us. Yeah, exactly that's, right. that's how you get yep. it, Chandler. Did you watch Square One? I bet you did. Oh, I watched Square One. Yeah, you no. didn't. Oh, you what watched Square One? No, no, no. It's like I a see- math show. I square one. Square one. I, when I, we come home from school, I was like in sixth, seventh grade. That's square right. one was on right then. Oh yeah, it was perfect. MathNet, MathNet, dude. Yes. Ah, I love that. Yeah, I wonder if yeah. it still holds up. I have not seen an episode of it since I was a kid. And where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Came on right great. after that with uh, Rockapella doing acapella. They Rock-a-pella. were great. <laughs> 
I have waited my entire adult life for a platform like this to request some help because there was a show I watched in that era error in that era yeah, take it from on the top. PBS that had <laughs> that had talking shoe puppets. Do y'all remember this? Uh, I don't know. That. that might be a local it. Atlanta shoe puppet. Yeah, it's talking shoe, yeah. and there was a boot that talked. It was all talking shoes, and I just need if any of our listeners well, there, know what I'm talking about. Have you I think ever it's a Googled Canadian it? show. Talking yeah. shoe puppets. I've Googled it and I can't find anything, but I am sure of it. I can you know, see the talking you know, boot in my head. You know, I'm sure it, of it. I mean, are you sure it wasn't a vivid dream? Yeah. Like recurring little, little Annie no, in her room. I'm not sure. That's why I'm grateful for this <laughs> was opportunity. What well, was it your imaginary friends well, when you what? played in the closet and stuff? Hey, y'all. Welcome to my show. Hey, hey. I'm the boot. I like country music. Oh, hey. <laughs> I'm the sneaker. I'm athletic. What, 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 what was the plot? What was the plot? <laughs> I love y'all. I hate y'all. Hurting, um, hurting my feelings. It is. It was literally, there was always a mystery to solve so the shoes were always the and yeah. they were puppet shoes they weren't it wasn't cartoon they were puppet shoes and they were always mystery to solve and they went upstairs a lot i remember mm. weird it sounds really creepy this show. sounds a lot like i don't know i mean not not to go dark but this sounds like the creepy pasta the <sighs> candle cove do you what? guys know that <laughs> no. i didn't understand any <laughs> sentence of, creepy any pasta? part of that pasta is like like us uh, like stories like tall tales right yeah it's like urban legend it's like in urban legends for the internet era but there's this one a viral one that was big a few years ago called candle cove where people would act like they saw this kid's show that only a few people saw that involved like weird puppets <sighs> and oh, you know things got really creepy and scary. but anyway around. it basically is what you're describing annie like only a few people remember like you guys don't remember that and they went upstairs, <laughs> they went kind upstairs. Kind of creepy. <laughs> like that's the basically the plot oh God, of I just found creepy it on pasta yeah, I just found it on Google. I just found it. It's called Read Along. Oh my gosh! You got sorry. I should have given it. I love that the mystery is solved hey, by the most obvious and straightforward you. Google search. <laughs> <laughs> look! Look at the boot yeah, that talks. Look at the boot hey, that talks. Annie, you started this by saying, "I'm so glad I have the platform. Finally, I can be to, on the podcast. Finally, <laughs> in this mystery. Were you mean by platform the actual like, platform of Google? Like, like search I swear to y'all, I've Googled this before and couldn't find it, and I have no idea why it worked. I'm I'm more embarrassed than any other emotion right now but i'm also thrilled that now when we are finished i will spend the entire weekend of july 20th through 22nd when i'm flying around reading about read along and catching uh, up with my own somebody, childhood. Uh, mental floss and the same search uh there was an article eight forgotten kids shows sure to give you nightmares and uh they posted this like 10 years ago but it's they have clips like youtube clips of all these shows peppermint park uh, your show is on there. The Adventures of Mark Twain, Fun with Grids, Nosy Bonk. That one looks terrifying. Love Nosy Bonk. Uh, Don't Put It in Your Mouth is a show called Don't Put It, it in Your Mouth. Yep. Just no. poison. The New no, Zoo not. Review, The Miracle of Birth episode. Hey, I'm poisoned. Oh, I remember there. the New Zoo Review. Oh, wow. Anyway. I also <laughs> love like how much we restrict. Like We're pretty careful with screen time with our kids. Yeah. Back in our, like when we were growing up, it was like, oh my gosh, this new babysitter is the best. Here, go watch whatever you want. Uh, did your parents restrict screen yeah. time? Oh, of course. I had uh-huh. one hour a day of TV time. I could earn more, but I say, I, I mean, if I got in trouble, uh, TV restriction was like the worst punishment. You can spank me all day long. Yeah. I don't care. I could do whatever but I wanted. Only an hour a day? Uh, or maybe it was two hours during summer. But yeah, I mean, I, I could watch Webster and that's about it. And it oh, was well, bedtime. That's... We weren't allowed. We didn't turn the TV on in our house Monday through Thursday. 
What? I have unfettered (laughs) access. How do you think I have all of this useless pop culture? Right now, like, I'll turn the TV on at 6 o'clock and go to bed at 2, and TV's been on the entire time. I mean, I'll watch eight hours every night of TV. My parents knew that I would sit there and watch TV all the time, so they they had to restrict it. It's the best. It's the best. TV rules so hard. (laughs) It is still Cameron's favorite babysitter. Hey, um, before we move the show along, we have a little bit of housekeeping news. Yes. Uh, Eddie's moving. I'm moving, Uh, you guys. Yes, I am. So here's the thing. Oh, all of a sudden, Annie, you sounded sad. I felt like this would be a finally a joyous occasion. So here's the thing. I am going, I have to step away from being full-time cast member on the show, which you may have noticed lately. You're like, hey. So what's different? Yeah, that guy hasn't been here. Well, that's part of it. Is yeah, the yeah, first yeah. Thing clearly. Is just, there's just been a lot of there's a lot of traveling for IJM, and I love it because I really like I really love IJM. But the traveling is picking up quite a bit. But the main reason is, and this is the part I'm very proud of, uh, is that Brienne, my wife, who you guys know because we've talked about her on the show, she uh, applied to and got accepted to a really great law school um, at the University of Florida. Go Gators, Annie! You can save it. Uh, this isn't about football. This is about Brianne's life. <laughs> yeah. Every piece of so this news is the worst. So we found out a week ago that she got accepted to law school, and they were like, hey, can you start in the fall? And that's three weeks from now. So we are right in the middle of renting out a house, buying a house up in Gainesville, moving our entire life. But that does mean that I will not be here in uh, in Orlando. So for some of you, finally, who I have blocked and who have been waiting to come back to the show, <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> the l- nightmare is over. But so that's what's happening. So, but but the plan is that you'll be on the yeah. show one, two episodes a month or yeah. or more. Yeah, I mean, I still have a. I mean, truly, I have the same setup that like Annie and Jesse have a fancy mic and the ability to record. So it'll just be yeah. less frequent. And but yeah, on the show and the new activist and all that kind of stuff. It'll just be not like hey, every single week I'm Jesse Cameron saying he's not here again. Right. right. Yeah. So just don't just don't call him an extraordinaire when you mm-hmm. start introducing him on yeah. Skype. Yeah. Okay, thanks. But but you're but but you're still you're 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 still part of the family. Yeah, I, people are I like still going to gonna hear you. It's a less is more situation. I'm taking the Calvin yeah. route now, which is just you don't know when. No, just uh, Calvin Carey. Calvin you're going to be on regularly. He was on sporadically. He's still my favorite. <laughs> you never know when the wind blows in. All of a sudden, there's Calvin <laughs> saying something super weird on a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll still be. Yeah, I'll still be. So for a little while, it'll uh, be. A, I'll be a little bit quiet because we're going to be moving, but. When mid-August hits and we're up in Gainesville, we'll be I'll be on as much as I can be. I feel like I want a good punchline for this, but I don't have a good punchline. But it will be a little bit different because I do like being on the show every week yeah. and I've had the chair at least available for I mean it's been like five years and mm-hmm. three hundred plus shows. Because I was like getting a little bit nostalgic. I was like, I've done five years. June twenty first. Yeah, would have been was wow. you came on during my separation. That's right. You you were my campus pastor. Right. And oh my gosh, there's a lot of do you remember that? There's a lot of life that has happened between that moment and right now. Wow. So sweet. Uh, Keep going. I remember like jokes time. We were in a transition on the show uh, in a tough season. And I remember going to a kind of social justice event at the church Mm -hmm. on a like Friday night. It was like a concert thing or whatever. And in between the the segments of this uh, fundraising (laughs) event, Eddie had to interview the girl who was putting on this fundraiser. And she was super nervous and super awkward. And Eddie just 
you know, was great. He was like, he just kind of like his humor diffused the situation. He yeah. made her comfortable. He drew yeah. it out of her. And he was a great interviewer. And, yeah. and I had seen him obviously doing the announcements and stuff at church and all that. And you were like, doing the hold on, that guy can be dumb in public. Hold well, on then, well, then we went to lunch. I yeah. mean, we didn't know each other really. We just met not long before. Yeah. And then we went to lunch recently, Sushi. not long after that. And you talked about you were wanting to write and you wanted, to, you were interested in all these other things. And I was like, I need a stable, yeah. <laughs> like local pastoral kind of presence on the podcast. Who's also funny and can hang. You, you want to come on our show and he came on and just slid right in. And, 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 and honestly, if I don't know if anybody was listening back then, but there was a couple of episodes where, where Eddie pastored me through my divorce and yeah, it was we had really real, helpful. We had real talks. Like it was like, well, how yeah. we can't not talk about some of this on the show. Well, I went on a sabbatical this? that fall at yeah. your prompting. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We, we got done recording a show and uh, it was months into my separation. And he goes, Hey, um, we were done with yeah. the recording. And he goes, Hey, when are you going on a sabbatical? And I was yeah. like, no, I'm not. I'm good. I'm, I'm okay. Okay. I got all the plate spinning. He goes, no, I know you're, you need to go away. Yeah. And this was like on a Wednesday and on Friday I started my sabbatical. Yeah. And yeah. Um, that was you. But it's been, I mean, it's been a crazy five years we've walked through. I mean, I don't want to get to like in memoriam here, but it's been like, there's been a <laughs> lot of life that has happened in those last five years. Our jobs have changed. You know, my, I'm not at that church, started IJM. Like it's just, it's been a lot of, it's been a busy, busy you've five had years. Babies? Baby, yeah, they were like little tiny babies at the time. And now they're going to be like first and second graders yeah. in Gainesville. So uh, it is certainly. Does Gainesville still only have that one mall? <laughs> Oak Hill Mall <laughs> or something like, like that? Two. They have like Oaks Mall and then another one. But it They've is. They've got to have two. Those players got to steal stuff from somewhere. Cameron. No, that's Florida State. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're the, thinking the crab of the wrong theft and stuff is Florida State. <laughs> you can settle down. I mean, Georgia doesn't even. Does Georgia have a lot of school? I, I respond to my sadness with anger and. An, an inappropriate quips. Yeah, we're talking about be. sweet brand going to law school. You can save it. Yeah. You can hear <laughs> unadulterated vitriol. Did you Adam hear him say, does Georgia even have a law school? <laughs> I don't even know. They have like. They do. They have a very law school. My parents went very there. very law school. Yeah, they have the most very law school in Georgia. Yeah, they don't pr- practice conventional law in Georgia. They <laughs> yeah. have Georgia, Georgia law. law. It's mostly dueling and slap fighting. Lots of, lots of. Chickens exchange. If you want to go to the University of Georgia, it's a barter system. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's kind of like a dowry you got to get. You're paying moonshine. Yeah, woo. <laughs> Y'all. Eddie, I'm gonna miss you being here every week, buddy. Oh, thanks. I will. I will actually miss it. All. I was like told myself I will not get emotional, but it has been a very. I've been a little emotional thinking about it because it's like you just. I'll get. I'll still be in. I, I'm glad that I'm not like moving gone for good like i'm just glad that i'll still get to have a touch point because the real the best part is like what's coming up later in the show which is like the the listener of the week and all that kind of stuff you're like there we've had like great conversations with really cool people yeah throughout the years on well now well now think about it you can save stuff up for a couple weeks yeah and then when you come on spotlights on you well that's gonna be be the eddie actually eddie we're transitioning you to a listener of the week i'm sorry to tell you i I thought they were gonna tell (laughs) you but i'm gonna tell you i would be the most (laughs) uninteresting (laughs) listener of the week yeah we need three interesting facts from you what would your three interesting facts be was on a very very popular podcast and threw it away Um, uh, host another very can, can, hey can I name one Eddie that you own that you own like 10 uh, versions of the uh, same I shirt do own, I do wear the same shirt all the time and but that that uh, isn't uh, uh, that was a conscious decision that you made recently to yeah. get rid of all your shirts and yeah. just buy two shirts right. and buy nine right. copies Simple of each shirt. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know that it's like a very interesting fact. I mean, you know, I'd say generally it has to do with I 
actually love Chandler, things like that. You know, those are my facts. <laughs> I, I still love the fact that the first time, you know, because, you know, Eddie's done some some interviews for the show over the years and is one of his big heroes was in T. Wright. Oh. And for some reason, when they first got on the phone, yeah. Eddie introduced himself as Edward, <laughs> <laughs> something that no one calls him. And in T, like in Eddie's nervousness, he said, call me. And Edward. that was it. And it was just like a weird like I've never done that in and my NT life. Wright says, call me Tom. Yeah. And and you say call me Edward. <laughs> yeah, I call wasn't trying Edward. to. I wasn't trying to be funny. I was just really nervous. Nervous. <laughs> yeah, very very nervous. Um, but I will say all of the goodwill of my entrance and our lovely conversation on the show ended when when I hit my first snag, which was do you remember my first big snafu? No, Chilean miners. That was when I realized. Oh, yeah. oh I see people are listening. Oh yeah, because yeah. I made the point that Edgy was Eddie came. I up. made the point that was brilliant that the Chilean miners were not heroes. They were simply guys that got stuck in their job. <laughs> Right? It's almost a perfect right. It's like if you're working today, Annie, we've talked about this, and Jesse agrees hundred percent. If you're working today and you accidentally lock yourself in your closet and you can't get out, are you a hero? Or are you just a lady who just locked herself in her work? Oh, don't call me a lady for we call you a woman. Yeah, here, here woman, we go. Here we go, Eddie. We're not going to go down this path again. A woman who locks myself in my I, office. I, I, There's yeah. nothing heroic about me keeping myself alive in a room where I go Chilean to work every minors. day. That was the first time I really, really messed it up. And then it was all downhill. <laughs> all right. We'll move this along. It is time for Slices. What do you have, Jesse? Okay. I, I saw this headline. And so <laughs> here's, the deal. here's the deal. We just came out of World Cup. <gasps> A World I Cup? Tried. Yay, come on, I Jess. couldn't get into Who it. Who won? Are they still playing? No. Can Twitter? Oh, no, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Twitter talk about anything besides I don't it? Care. You're like, got it. I was this one. Did you see... The France winning the World Cup. Yeah. Our old friend, podcast friend, Joy Egridge, used the uh, French uh, people celebrating in the streets as a way to yes. announce her pregnancy. She is perfect. Yeah. She is so, so fun. fun. She is. Yeah. She's rocking it. Yeah. I'm so happy for her. Watching their life in Paris is one of my. She's probably my favorite Insta story follow right now because she does such a fun job of showing I her bet life. In Paris. Knowing her and how fun and funny she is, I bet she has given up on trying to speak French and is just living her life as a fully English speaking American and just loving it. Probably. Doesn't it just feel like she's just crazy enough to not mm-hmm, worry about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Like, yeah, she, yeah, she figured out how to get her on yeah. the subway. She knows how to order things and she's good. Right. She's just, she's always going to be, she joy. can go to yep. the market. She knows how to buy the cheese yeah. and she's done. <laughs> That's right. She doesn't need anything else. Right? Well, all it says, I try to get in the world cup. You know, it's bad enough. It's a tournament of soccer, <laughs> much less France winning. We still eat, we we still eat freedom fries in this house. I'll tell you that ninety eight um, rounds to find out a country that we don't even acknowledge won. Let me oh, got it. Baguettes. I love France. And then and then there was this whole royal wedding thing, you know. And then it seems to have enraptured the world's attention. And I I, I I thought you know maybe I'm missing something. Maybe like English events are things that I need to give a chance. Obviously, the whole world loves this stuff. Maybe it's just me. Then I ran across this headline and realized it just solidified my disdain. It solidified my disdain. Here's the headline. Okay. This is not The Onion. This is on Reuters, an international news service that is credible. Okay, they employ journalists around the world. This is the story. Queen Elizabeth owns how many swans? Annual count gets underway. So the the, I'm going to read. Swans. I'm going to read two paragraphs. Okay, it's an 800 year old tradition of counting the swans owned by Britain's Queen Elizabeth. 
I can't. I I'm justified in all my feelings about English stuff. No, okay, you're not. here here's the actual two paragraphs. The upping seat. It's called. It's called. <laughs> it's called the Swan Upping, which sounds like the worst <laughs> 800 year old tradition possibly imaginable. <laughs> the upping sees three teams: one representing the Queen, the others representing the Old the Trade queen. Association of the Vinters and the Dyers. But they patrol mm-hmm. the the River Thames in the south of England for five days to capture, tag, release Behold. any families of swans with young. <laughs> the upping dates back to the 12th century when the English Crown first. Claimed ownership of all mute swans, then considered them a delicacy that would be served at royal banquets. What <laughs> is this? What is this? I am right about World Cup. I am right about the royal, royal wedding. This is like a fun thing they do. This is a par. This is a parody of what I think about England. Like the that the, the, the big national event that's making international headlines is a, a swan counting, yeah. counting the queen swans. Don't you swans. feel like I, it's I just feel like absurd. with England, it was like England was version one and everybody figured out like okay well that was a very boring version let's make america let's go ahead Stop. and sail out there like there's nothing wrong with england <laughs> but it's like the first iphone couldn't even check okay, email okay. and it was like oh oh cool i get it like it's an electronic phone and then you're like oh let's let's stop with haggis let's <laughs> you can make touch a the screen yeah let's not do like uh swan hunting anymore let's go ahead and have baseball right like let's do something <laughs> very cool Haggis is not yeah, English, exactly. by the way. Exactly. Why, okay, I look yeah, at the pictures. What of, is it, I mean, it's all the same. Yeah, I don't care. You, you know, the, the staple... The sti- yeah. The staple of the diet is cod and vinegar over there, okay? Mary we Poppins figured out a better. Doubtfire. We figured out a better thing. So, like, while... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you. Thank you. For, yes. Oh, they exactly. were beta. Exactly we are right. the rollout, is, what's, is what you're saying. Okay, I was looking... They were wearing, like, insane blazers football, and neckties to go count swans as this national sporting event. Meanwhile, last night, I'm watching Bryce Harper wear a Rambo <laughs> bandana, knocking baseballs out of a stadium. We figured it out eddie you're right that was the beta test swan counting's no fun watching it watching a dude with an american flag bat hit got paid to count swans mute ones nonetheless that the queen would eat yeah how do they make a mute they just take their voice boxes and it's a fun i don't know but this is they take but away this their is choice. a festival that gets international <laughs> attention. That this is what they do for fun over there. They count mute swans. Think about that. <laughs> Just think about that, and then raise your American flag high. I, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world, you know. But you can raise your flag high tonight, knowing that what we're doing <laughs> yeah. for fun isn't going to count mute swans that the queen owns. Swans are mean. Have you have you ever swans been attacked mean. by the downtown ones? Uh, yeah, they're super I jerky. The geese army. that were mean. Like, oh, they're geese. Yeah, That's right. Canadian geese chill. are mean too. I think oh. swans are mean too. I think it's a. I think it's a long neck water bird problem. Oh. Yeah, I remember being two, so three years old, getting chased by ducks and swans, and screaming for my life. I still yeah. don't like them. Oh man, I yeah, they're the worst. Uh, and just your so everyone's aware, <laughs> uh, mute swans are a species of swan. Yeah, uh, they are. The name mute derives from it being less vocal. You are uh, so not uh, actually mute. You are doing a better job than Chandler. <laughs> this is good. So it's getting even more yeah. boring. They're not even doing. They're not even counting like, rare mute ones. They're just ones yeah. that aren't as loud. This it just it gets lamer and lamer. Hey, English English <laughs> listeners, write, write me, me and prove that I'm wrong. That's what I'm saying. Like I've tried. I've tried. We had Lloyd on the show for years, and he was yet there? to convince have me. Have you been there, Jesse? I will say have this: you been they to England? Had, his fine chocolate were delicious. <laughs> Persona non grata. Not allowed. Not Persona allowed. non grata. <laughs> Persona non grata. <laughs> 
I'm like, <laughs> I have the philosophy. Yeah. I have the philosophy that Ron yeah. Swanson did when he went to London and he was doing like a historical tour. <laughs> <laughs> History started in oh the year gosh. 1776. London's a wonderful place. We love all of our British listeners. They were, uh, they, it is genuinely, I love it. They had some pretty uh, interesting feedback for the president who, oh, yeah. her, I mean, holy smokes, they are vocal. Mm. It was, yeah, they, they don't yeah, play. Yeah, they play that big They're feisty. Uh, I mean, they, Jesse's they're, next. They're going to make a balloon shaped like Jesse yeah, next. They're trapped indoors all winter. It's always drizzly. They get feisty. They get a little stir crazy. Yeah, they eat like eggs and beans for breakfast or Curds something. and stuff. Proper English. Yeah. Like, oh. Cottage cheese and Curds. stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. All right. What do you have, Amy? It was interesting. You brought up our friend Joy, our pregnant married French friend Joy, because she actually sent me this slice. Did and she? She said, I think this. Huh? That makes me so happy. Yeah, oh, I love little, that. Fr- she, little French she connection. Sent it to me after the Fran- France won the World Cup, which was the team I picked from the start, and I'll tell you why. Really? Because they play yeah. like they have a group text. They play like they're all buddies, and I love it. And then they won the <laughs> World Cup. So this is from Joy to me to you. There was an Australian ballet performance going on in Adelaide, and it got cut short by a rat. Are you ready? They were the whole audience and all the dancers were plunged into darkness because a rat crawled into one of the pieces of equipment and chewed a fuse and caused the entire ballet to go dark. And the dancers kept going because they didn't know what to do. Just and then, tell me, tell me, tell me they all just fell off the front of the stage. <laughs> they can't see. They're just all <laughs> leaping to their death. One at a time. Slamming into each you other. You just That's hear exactly like they're right. <laughs> you hear yeah, the, the, the soft, Can you imagine? What do you do? Soft, I know. soft thud They kept of going flesh. and then eventually. It, <laughs> yeah, you, you just hear body after body like slamming into the player. band pit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's in a tuba. Help! <laughs> Help me! <laughs> Make them stop. Turn on the lights. Someone's I'm stop. badly injured here. Stop the ballet! Ah! Just they just keep coming. And jumping. Leap into the so, darkness. So they were eventually stopped by management, and management. they got a standing ovation. This is so beautiful. This little part. They got a standing ovation for an, from an audience, and all the audience just used their phones and turned on their flashlights and made it like this little glowing. This little glowing room and everyone gave him a standing ovation. And then the last line of the article, which Joy and I really love, says the rat, it is presumed, did not make it. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, he no ate kidding. through a 220 wire and is just completely scorched. The, the first four right. years of Relevance existence, 2000 yeah. to 2004, yeah. we uh, squatted <laughs> in a free suite in the back of my parents' office building in Lake yeah. Mary, Florida. Yeah. And regularly, I'd say twice a year, yeah, they have a squirrel problem. The yeah. internet would go down yeah. or all the power to the building would go down Yeah, because, you know, those power lines that kind of go to a building and then there's like a transformer and then yeah. the line goes into the building. Yeah. Squirrels would go onto that oh, and yeah. get electrocuted <laughs> and take the transformer <laughs> down right, out of here. and all the power to the building would go out Oh yeah, because they had all these like dying squirrels. You could see the squirrel. Bright squirrels. Yeah. yeah. It happened at my house too. When growing up, they used to, we had like a, this is such a Georgia yeah, story. No go Gators. I was going to say, well, you know, when, when there's a new governor's race in Georgia, one of the yeah, top yeah, issues yeah. they talk about is the squirrel infestation yeah. problem, the state yeah, yeah, squirrel yeah, yeah. problem. They have whole yeah. debates about it. Yeah. Whenever people get fired from their job, it, we call it like, Running the squirrel up the pole. That's what happened. It just fried everything. That's what <laughs> yeah. happened. So that's, yeah. yeah, it used to happen all the time at my house. I'm so embarrassed to tell the story, squirrels. but we had a electric pole and squirrels kept getting fried on the electric pole and it would 
take out the um, power across my parents' house and my grandparents' house because we all lived on one piece of land. Maybe this we can. Maybe we true. can clip that off for the next time you and I have a Florida Georgia back and forth. Because. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever fair. I drive through the state of Georgia, fair, fair, all fair. I see on the side of the road, soft boiled peanuts yeah. and, and, fr- and fried squirrels. Yes. And that smell. Oh, yeah. Man, do you love boiled peanuts, no, though? that's disgusting. Cameron, boiled peanuts are the disgusting. best. disgusting. You smell it, and you're like, this is going to be so good. And then you're like, ah, I see a warm, watery <laughs> peanut. Yeah, that's disgusting. <laughs> it is so this good. A wet peanut. Ah, perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what's slightly less satisfying than a peanut? A wet peanut. <laughs> Throughout no, the summer, no. the, I, when I leave church, they have like little treats. They do little ice creams or whatever. And two weeks ago, they had they had uh, a, t- a sweet tea and soft-boiled peanuts. As People can grab a little soft-boiled mm. peanut on the way to the car. Yeah. And Chandler, or sorry, not Chandler, my son, <laughs> Cohen, was like, oh, I want, I want to try that. <laughs> oh, boy. You guys, by the way, haven't gotten your 23 and me back yet. So there's, there's a lot of question marks still. <laughs> no, I like, I, so he wanted to try it. I hate soft-boiled peanuts. I was like, sure, there you go. Try it. And he, yeah. and he also think, finds them like, quite disgusting. Ugh. Yeah. It's Why like, would they take a They pe- just taste like warm water, like hot dog water. Water vomit things. Oh. Like, they're nasty. Peanuts. No, peanuts you stop at a baseball it. You are game. Doing, you are not doing right by bold peanuts. They are bold. so much better than that. They're salty, and they're because you probably oh, ate okay. them wrong. Cameron, is what well, y'all you, did. Did you open it with your hands yeah, and just, just suck on it? Get all the juice out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're doing it super wrong. You put the whole thing in your mouth. Hey, you find you find your you find your miss where one of your teeth was, and you stick the peanut right there and just start sucking on it. You suck on. You slide it right into your teeth. You suck on the rest of the day like a straw. Kick my goat. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up with goats, Eddie. Did you know that? I picture that that's that's the part of the country where getting dressed up is a novelty T-shirt that you tuck. That's that's getting that's getting fancy. That's getting fancy. Listen, here's the thing about bull peanuts. I want everybody to try them. And here's the trick. You need to look okay. at what they're cooking them in because the dirtier and older the container looks, the pot looks, the better but, but, the bull peanuts you, are going to be. You eat the shell? That's... Yeah, you don't eat it, but you put it in your mouth and you you suck it and then you open and get all the salt water out and then you it, open it in your it mouth sanitary? and you eat the peanuts are and then you, you spit afterwards? out the shell. It's a lot of juice. That's a lot of like... I mean, you get sick after eating anything if you uh, eat too much. Well, you get sick after eating anything. That's definitely dysentery. Worst rationale. I mean, I can't. uh, That is, you get. No, no, no. If you walk into a gas station and it's in a crock pot, they're not going to be very good. But if they've got one of those big Uh old black pots that are sitting outside on like wood, eat it. Can I just say this, Annie? I've learned this Mm -hmm. lesson the hard way. Don't eat anything out of a gas station. Crock pot. It's yeah, just a, it's serious. just a, a rule. It's a lesson you yeah. only learn once in life, yeah, and you just right. you just steer clear. People are going to come to my defense on this. I feel good about it. I feel good that the internet is going to rally about with boiled me. Peanuts? That bull peanuts from a nasty pot are the best ones. I, I don't I I don't go to gas stations that have homemade goods with like hand drawn price tags on things. I've just made that a rule too. I, I don't feel like that's a reputable place. Florida into Georgia, all the all of them have like their truck stop ones are big. They all have gift shops oh, with yeah. like little alligator heads. They got I the drove, soft oil peanuts. Yeah. I drove all of Georgia yesterday and that's all it is over and over again. Yep. We drove from Kentucky the flying to Orlando yesterday yep. and it's just nothing but bull peanuts. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I need you to stop calling them soft boiled peanuts because they're yeah, they're just well. That also is that There's also isn't a word. They're, so if we're going to talk about my words, b o o u l e d also isn't a word. Bull. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, All that's right. The, what do you have, Eddie? 
spoiled oh, is on. not correct. I got to turn my phone back oh, on. A squirrel jumped on it. Let me get started. On. Uh, so listen. <laughs> I, <laughs> that's right. uh, so I've always so I've had this like weird fear my whole life. And, and here it comes from a very specific memory. And I know it sounds like I'm teeing up for a joke, but I'm not. It's been a thing that's always bothered me when I got super into Nirvana and Nirvana was like my first band that it was like, I thought oh, that was Dave Matthews. No, Dave was after oh, okay. Nirvana was the first kind of that Nirvana Pearl jam. That whole moment was yeah. like, Oh, I see. I'm listening to my own music. My dad and I used to listen to a lot of music together. Like, so it was all like Beatles, Simon and Garfunkel, which I still do you mean your dad I mean, or do you mean no. Mr. Rogers? That's a great point. I do mean Mr. Rogers. <laughs> I do mean Fred Rogers. He would watch Mr. Rogers and just put on some Simon yeah. Garfunkel in the background. You're like, oh, thanks, Dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but boring. Recreational. And my dad listened to Nirvana and was like, how could you? Po- how could anyone like this? And I remember thinking, how could you not like it? It's just good music. And it turns out, like, and so I always had this thing where I thought, I don't want to get stuck in my music because I realized my dad only listened to like he had just this CD collection. That's all I listened to. Never any new music. And I was always really like, I want to keep listening to new music. A lot of people are like that, though, and they don't realize it happens to them. Right. But there is a study out that actually is talking about the fact that when you hit about 30, the whole machine stops unless you work really hard. And the study talks about, and they did a, a like a really full study. It, it, this, this, the results weren't surprising. But basically, when you're hitting around 30-ish, you start to, because of your season of life, because of career, family, just the fact that you're getting older, you're not a kid anymore, you start to get very nostalgic for that time. And so around 30, um, you really start leaning into the nostalgia. Is that when the haircut stays the same too? Well, but that's the thing they're talking about. Like generally you are in sort of a (laughs) suspended time of whatever happened between about 17 and 25. And so in a recent, uh, like view of, um, they, they analyzed Spotify statistics and they said that of all of like, of all listeners of Spotify, uh, the song creep by Radiohead isn't even a charted really a song. It's just like an old song and it's not like in the top amongst guys that are 38 years old, which is my age. It's like in the top hundred songs always because it's just that song hit hard when we were in sort of our, our formative years. And so the study says basically concludes with this idea, like is, is that okay? And they're like, no, it's a wonderful way that, you know, the study concludes with saying there is no real cognitive, uh, problem with it it's it's a really healthy way to relive your past in a way that's not like you know doing anything weird and like you're just it it's a but it's also in order to break that it's got to be a real conscious decision to to move forward which is why i've been really grateful for relevant because when all else fails and i listen back to the show i'm like oh that was a good song you know that was an interesting (laughs) the opening song has launched me into more bands than many other you know mediums but like you know sometimes you guys will do like the wrap-up of like the best 10 albums of the year and that's when i'm like okay here we go download all those make sure you're only listening to that for the next couple of months but i thought it was really interesting and i was wondering if you all continue to because we're all past at least 30. Um, if you all continue to listen to and pursue new music hard, or if you're just, uh, well, I think Jesse and I are unique in the fact that professionally we have to. Yeah, that's right. You know, like I I'm passionate about new music. Yeah. I always yeah. care about what's next, what's mm-hmm. emerging, what's buzzing yeah. with relevant. Like we're not interested in mass popularity. We're interested in what's emerging, yeah. you know? So we're always trying to look down the road and around the corner. Um, yeah. but I'm, I'm wired that way. I, I, 
I get bored easily and want new. I can't imagine. I mean, the people that like just pop, just like they hit a point and they popped it neutral and they dress the same, same hairstyle, same music yeah. forever. Like I have renovations going on in my house right now. Yeah. Contractors listen to stuff from the eighties and that's, that's right. it. That's right. all they listen to. And I'm going, there are other stations, you know, right. yeah. but, I like to listen to or find new stuff, but there's definitely the classics of the things that I found kind of like the first like cool bands that I liked when I was in my early adulthood life like yeah. grizzly bear or something like that where yeah. i listen to that i'm like Ooh, good one i'm like oh this is the national yeah, i throw the thing. national exactly. into exactly. the office playlist for yeah for but mixed in and, with you know, know the, the newer things all, all the early early 2000s shoegazing yeah, yeah i wonder i wonder eddie if it's 17 to 24 or if when you make a because 17 to whatever window mm-hmm. that is is when you make such a big life shift I wonder if there's oh, music attached oh, they say, to life. They say it's fully connected to positive memories. Yeah. Like it is has nothing to do with the fact that you're 20. It has to do with yeah. the fact that you're in a great year of college and, you know, you like met some friends and went on a road trip. And they said, you know, it, it releases like everything else. There is a dopamine attachment to when the the bridge of a song hits. They like watched people's brains. And when it was like an, a song they knew, the dopamine would start to flow before like the moment of the song in anticipation. And so it really is just like how a drug works, just like how chocolate works. It really releases a chemical in your head. That makes you feel that, but they said you got to work really hard to continue to have new music. Do they feel that way Do when they, they go get the same haircut? That's okay. I, it wasn't in the study, but I would, I would, I would imagine. Which is why, joking aside, I like almost never turn on. Like I won't turn on Dave Matthews a lot. We joke about it, but I'm like, I could get be right. that guy because you don't want to. You don't want to. <laughs> no, don't want to be seen. I just don't want to listen. I just don't want to. I could get stuck in a loop of listening because I've always listened to a lot of music. I just don't want to get stuck in a loop of listening to those same twenty albums over and then never hear. Which is why also Apple Music has been awesome because yeah. I can just tell it to play me new things and it will just do that. Yeah, I mean, and their Apple Music's live show Beats One's yeah. live show like yes. around dinner time is like charting now and new mm-hmm. stuff and it's a great discovery. Yeah. But, but I like push hard. I'm like, all right, interesting. I'll li- all right, I'm listening. Are, I'm is li- there like why why push hard? I mean, like why is there like a fear? What? Like, did, were you surrounded by adults that were lame or like? Well, yeah, I'm kind of back to that opening story. Like, I was like, I don't want to. Like, Nirvana was objectively really good music. Yeah, but if, I feel like if you don't work on expanding that muscle, huh. you're gonna not think. Oh, this so is you just- you you your dad's reaction was like, you made a conscious decision. I don't ever want to be like that. Right. And it's, yeah, it's like, I want to be able to still, I mean, there's still music that I just won't like. There's albums that I've heard recently. I'm like, I just do not, that is not hitting with me like it is everyone else. Sure. But like the new Drake album, I know everybody loves it, but it just doesn't. It's background music. Yeah. It just doesn't, doesn't get, it doesn't get me like it does everyone else. I That's think it's interesting that the, if you look at the iTunes charts right now, mm-hmm. literally of the top uh, 20 songs, 18 of them are Drake's songs from that album. Yeah, it's just a taste thing, though. Yeah. If you're not into like trap or something like that, you're not going to like the Drake album. Like, yeah, right? you know but I, mean? I still keep pushing I trap. So, yeah. anyhow. All right, that'll do it for slices. Yeah. Stay tuned. Up next, Bo Burnham joins us. You're listening to Neon Feather. The song is Between You and Me featuring Chris Kahn. And at the beginning of the podcast, you heard Drake with In My Feelings, the clean version. Well, this week's show is brought to you by Samaritan Ministries. 
Samaritan Ministries is a healthcare sharing ministry with over a quarter million Christians that care for one another's needs from broken bones to cancer, pregnancies to organ transplants, all without the use of insurance. In fact, when Samaritan Ministries members Eric and Kelly joined just before having their second baby, at first they were skeptical that their needs would even be met. The hospital bills totaled nearly $20,000. But when Eric and Kelly began receiving checks and notes from other members congratulating and praying for them, they said a sense of peace they didn't have with their first pregnancy came over them. Almost every trip to the mailbox had a new stack of letters from Christians they had never met, but who had come around their family in their time of joy and need to care for them financially, emotionally, and spiritually. Each month, Samaritan Ministries' growing biblical community shares $27 million in medical needs person to person. Yet the monthly share has never exceeded $495 for a family of any size and is even less for two-person and single-person households. To learn more about how you can be a part of this community of Christians helping each other with healthcare, visit SamaritanMinistries.org. Annie, you're, you're a member, aren't you? I am. I love it. It's great. I, I like that every month I know exactly who my money is going to and what their need is. I do think that's pretty cool. And, and just to show how confident you are in it, you are a person who regularly eats boiled peanuts out of a very dirty crock pot in a gas That's station. Exactly. I am that sure that Samaritan Ministries friends will gather yeah, around me in my time of being. She's doing dirty, all kinds of stuff peanuts. to push the limits of what... That's right. I'm riskier than I've ever been because I'm that sure of Samaritan Ministries. Well, Bo Burnham is a popular author, filmmaker, musician, and stand-up comedian. His latest film is called Eighth Grade, and it's about the anxieties of growing up in the era of social media. It's already being hailed as one of the best movies of the year. It currently holds a 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. The movie rolls out wide release this weekend. We recently talked to Bo about the movie and the real world issues that inspired it. Here is Bo Burnham. said before that this movie is in some ways about the internet and I feel like a lot of things about the internet can be kind of cynical and dark but this movie isn't really like that it's kind of a slice of life just about this eighth grader yeah, that, that, that was the hope, to just be descriptive, you know. When I feel like I see movies that talk about the internet and want to be, like, prescriptive or or whatever, it's like, the more you know about the internet, the more time you spend on the internet, the, the more confused you are by it. And, and <laughs> my, my hope of the movie is definitely not to put judgment on it. It's not like she throws her phone into the ocean and then she's happy, you know. It's like, <laughs> I just wanted to sort of take inventory of the way it felt. And then, you know, the audience watching it can then discuss it or think about it after the fact. But, yeah, I really wanted no judgment um, because, yeah, the internet is everything to me. I mean, the internet is good and bad and weird and strange, makes us, connects us, isolates us, stimulates us, numbs us, you know, all those things. So I wanted the movie to hopefully contain those things and not just be a... uh, I don't know, a TED Talk or something. Right. Or, or an episode of Black Mirror. Exactly. Where it's like, I love Black Mirror, but it's like there's got to be another uh, way to talk about the internet that isn't just dystopian satire, you know? Something a little more, uh, yeah, unresolved to human or something. Well, again, I really like Black Mirror, and I actually find Black Mirror very emotional and human, but totally. um, I didn't want to be satirical or ironic or any of that. Yeah. When, when you say the internet is confusing, could, could you explain what you mean by that? Well, I just mean it's very hard to talk about um, with any sort of authority because the more you know about it, 
the less you're able to articulate about it. And and um, it's just changing so rapidly, and it's so powerful, and it's so wide and deep that it's, um, again, I just sort of feel like I'm in a position where all I kind of want to do is gather inventory of how it feels. And then maybe, you know, in 20 years, we'll be able to look back and have a better stand. But I just, I can't get out of the forest. To, I can't get out of the trees to see the forest, you know? So right. I had no interest in making a movie that was a big overarching statement, but I wanted to make a sort of granular, emotional. The only thing I'm certain about with the internet is how I feel moment to moment, which is confused. So I'm only, I'm only certain about my confusion and that's sort of what the, I hope the movie is, does in a way. Yeah. So, so let me, let me piggyback off of your force for the trees. Why then this particular tree? Because I feel like, (laughs) like people would, uh, would, would especially hear your name and see your name attached to it and, and think, oh, well it would make sense to, you know, frame this through someone in their twenties or someone older. Like why, why a story about eighth grade? I think the internet kind of makes eighth graders of us all, kind of, and we all kind of act 13 on the internet, and, and by actually following a 13-year-old, you can just kind of engage with it a little more honestly. Um, and and, and I, I don't know, at that age, you're just so open and vulnerable, and these things really, feelings register as more intense, everything's just more extreme, and I wanted a movie that felt intense and visceral, and, and sort of incredibly, like, intense moments at a very small things that aren't really that consequential and that's sort of the story of 13 being 13 you know the totally. average day is life and death for them so i wanted to take sort of banal regular experience and show how much how intense they can be because that's the story of really anxiety you know anxiety sort of overlays onto really mundane stuff and makes it almost unbearable right and and i think there's something kind of i don't know like sneakily important there too about showing this through someone who doesn't know the world without the internet you know i think there's still like yeah exactly that it isn't to her it's not this other thing that came into her life to be processed it 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 integrates itself so you don't need to state it you know it's just a part of her um you know so uh, yeah exactly It, it, it didn't need to be treated as this outside force it was just a part of her life yeah, and and you know what it does too? It kind of like it kind of sheds an idealism. Like I was barely born outside of the internet and remember like a small slice of my childhood that existed yeah, without I, it. I, we must be around the same age, probably. Yeah, I'm 24. I think the same thing. Yeah, I I mean I just remember like my parents pushing me to like play outside, and so I still kind of have yeah. that like weird thing in the back of my head where. I'm scrolling through Twitter at the end of the day and being like, eh, but there's something else that is quote unquote, like the right decision. And this isn't that, you know? And I think, I think it's cool that like it's, it's important in a way to that this movie kind of exists outside of that mindset almost. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I, I, this movie's not her parent, you know what I mean? Yes, yeah. Like, her parent is in this movie, but the movie is, I mean, I don't see myself as, like, a person that's better than eighth graders and has more a sense of the world than eighth graders. For me, it was trying to explore my feeling, my unresolved feelings. So it isn't like, this movie's not going to tell you what to do or tell kids what to do or tell you as adults how to feel. It's just going to say, like, this is what it is. And then, you know, it was my job to just try to be as honest as possible and authentic as possible. Yeah. Was I mean, was there a... Did you find yourself kind of having to like check your feelings about it at the door? Like, is there a version of this movie that is like 
really kind of delivering a message about the internet or, or was there at one point? No, no, I don't, not, not checking. No, I didn't check my feelings. My feelings are just that. My feelings are conflicted and no, I just, my feelings aren't clear. So, but again, it was just, it was trying to ex- explore feeling, not explore Explore personal feeling, not explore outside feeling. This wasn't my feelings about a generation or my feelings about all of technology. It was my personal feelings about my relationship to myself in every moment through this kid. And so that was the point, just to keep it personal, not to make it feel like it's doing some overarching big cultural social statements. Got it. That makes sense. So, but what doesn't make sense is I think then... If it's so personal, what made it right to do that through an eighth grader? Why was that such a natural thing to communicate all these personal ideas through an experience that is really other and and different from your own, at least from like a demographic level? Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I found that I've connected most personally with movies that I don't align with demographically. Um, It's not very exciting for me to see myself in a 27-year-old guy. Um, (laughs) But also, yeah, I mean, that's the sort of beauty of art to me is to be able to see that there are common experiences and feelings in other people that don't demographically align with you and that deeper ideas and feelings are things we all share. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I tried writing the 27-year-old guy version of certain stories. I was just so bored with it, like so (laughs) bored. So, um, yeah. Was it, I mean, was it just boring because it, it, you wanted the difference? Who cares? I mean, I didn't care about him. <laughs> I like, didn't care about <laughs> him or what his feelings like. I don't know. Just, it wasn't exciting. When it was a kid, it was like exciting and visceral and meaningful. And when it was like a 27-year-old, it just felt like a bummer. And the guy was, I don't know. It just didn't make sense. It's really my first answer to it of, of um, you know, the eighth grade, like the Anxiety, anxiety makes me feel like a 13-year-old. It's a truer version of myself than myself. Um, it's, it's, it's a better version of it. You know, the internet makes us look like 13-year-olds. I just think it's a... I wanted to talk about the current moment and what it felt like, and she was the best way to, to talk about it. Better And, and the freshest way. I, I feel like I'd seen this sort of... You know, I wasn't going to want to do like some, yeah, depressed or anxious 27-year-old guy living with his parents. And doing, I mean, it was just like, I, there was nothing exciting about that for me. Yeah. Okay. I got gotcha. you. Um, something that kind of occurred to me as I was as I was preparing for this and preparing to talk to you is, I mean, your career um, has been adjacent and involved with the internet from pretty much like now all the way back from the very beginning. And I'm wondering if you have always kind of felt this way or you have seen your relationship to the internet and your feelings about it change over that time. Yeah, for sure. Definitely change. I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, I definitely am not, I'm not as a 27 year old feeling the same way I felt when I was 16. And, and, you know, some, so much, you know, some of that's probably because of the way the internet changed, but most of it's probably the way I just changed personally as a person, um, personally as a person, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely evolved. How has it changed? Do you think like, did, did these sort of similar, um, 
I mean, this is kind of a weird term that it, when it hits my brain, but like, I guess performance anxiety in relation to the internet, was that mm-hmm. occurring to you when you were a teenager or is that something that's I, just, like, I don't think the internet asked as deep questions of us when we were that, when I was that age, you know, okay. it was like, make a MySpace, make a Facebook page, make a funny little <laughs> website or post a funny little video about yourself. And now it's Twitter and Instagram, which are literally, what do you look like? What do you think? What do you look like? What do you think? Like base questions that are very deep and weird and strange so i think the internet's gotten more personal i think the internet's gotten deeper and more like primal in what it asks of people emotionally so i think that's definitely changed it used to be like a fun little talent show slash bulletin board and now it's like some weird emotional matrix or something so yeah i think it's gotten weirder and deeper yeah and i mean i think that's where we've you know seen the the good and bad is that you know like social media can raise tons of money for you know like to to fight injustice but also be super toxic and you know hellish right it gives voice and visibility to people that didn't have it before and it also um yeah it's also set the culture on fire you know it's like the printing press you know i mean you can you can you can make the great gatsby or mine comes like truly, you know, it's like it's just a chaotic, neutral sort of um, thing that can be used for whatever. But it's pretty, it's, it's just powerful. That's all it is. It's powerful. And it can be powerfully sad, powerfully good, any of that. Bo, really appreciate it. Appreciate the time. Thank you. Thanks for the time. Yeah, you bet. Congrats on a great movie. Appreciate it. Thanks, Bo. Talk soon. Thank you. That was Bo Burnham. Up next, stay tuned. It's our listener of the week. to No Rome. The song is 17. Okay, it is time for... You listen to the show and it's time to get to know you. It's the listener of the week. All right, this week's listener of the week is Daily Nettles Jones. Welcome to the show, Daily. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Daily. Where, where, where hey. are uh, you calling us from? I am at work um, in Denver, Colorado. Ooh, what do you do in Denver? This is Eddie. It's nice to meet you. Hey, Eddie. Denver. Well, well, hold, hold on. Before, before you ask that, I, Daily, <laughs> I have to say, you, okay. you sent us three facts. We can talk about two of them. But the employment one, I am fascinated by. And I feel like this could be a whole segment. Reveal oh, interesting go, fact go, number one and tell Eddie what you do so for a living I there in Denver. A, um, I am a brain surgeon for mice. <laughs> uh, she's a neurosurgeon <laughs> for only for, for mice. mice. Yeah, it's- like yes. yeah, rodents mice. are useful. Yes, rodents. <laughs> Why? Um, so I am in research in neuroscience. Um, so I get to be a surgeon without going to medical school, basically. What about rats that chew <laughs> through wires? You're being humble. I, we see Daily, it really here. But, but you, I, I, you're being but humble. I will read it. 
Uh, you're being Haley. Yeah. Okay. You, you're not just a neurosurgeon for mice. Eddie, this is what she's doing. She's researching Ooh. mind reading with computer interfaces. Okay. Are you this even is real? Are you a computer? <laughs> I, I'm not a computer. I'm actually super bad at uh, computer coding, which is um, a lot of what it takes to make uh, brain computer interfaces work. So I kind of do the. Um, the hands-on side and the surgical side of things. And, um, I kind of let other people do the computer side. Um, but she, yeah, it's, it's legit. It's a real thing. She's for sure. She, I, have, I, I, have, I, saw, I have an unbelievable amount of okay, questions. Animaniacs. I, I have so many questions. Yes, I have so many that's questions. That's her, that's her <laughs> office. How do they train you? Do they just give you a dozen mice and they're like, ah, you'll get it by 12. I mean, how do you, yeah, basically. you just keep popping open mice? <laughs> there's there's actually a lot of training so um and we i want to say we treat mice super well like um there is so much red tape to uh, research um yeah so they're they're kind of living their best life um in a lot of ways they have a lot of food all the time um we uh, specifically train them on motor tasks so um we're giving them a lot of treats and stuff and so you just got to make sure that um they don't start to feel like your pets because sometimes it's like wow this is really adorable um but i can't take them home yeah uh, yeah okay daily I, I i have a question for you what how how, how deep is this re- like i didn't even know this field of research existed if you were to tell me right now that there's a lab in denver where a neurosurgeons <laughs> are attaching mice brains to computers I, I would say that's like an episode of an awesome episode of black mirror oh, how deep, deep are we what no can these mice back. brains do um, like what do we know Yeah. So um, basically there's two sides to this. One is we want to understand how to use brain computer interfaces to help people. So um, specifically something you might've heard of is um, folks with Parkinson's disease sometimes are able to receive uh, deep brain stimulation and it's basically like a pacemaker for your brain. So um, sometimes it will help people who have tremors, um, so oh, that's wow. kind of one side of the research. Is- well, let me let me ask you this, Daly. That those are all very admirable. You know, I think incredibly important uses of this <laughs> mm-hmm. technology. From what you've observed with these mice, how far, how long are we away from me sitting on the couch and turning on the TV? And, and as a follow up, how soon, when we're also sitting on the couch, can I have like a remote controlled mouse? <laughs> I'm not sure whichever way that I'm not um, sure which way your technology is going. <laughs> yeah, I either want to know. I really want to know when am I going to get a, a mouse that I control with my mind, right. or when can I control yeah, the TV? Yeah, sure. With my so um, I would estimate the TV controlling as uh, maybe a couple years out. Uh, probably couple years. I thought you'd say never. Couple years. Yeah. Cool. So um, a couple years. Or are you are for real? So so you are not that long um, yeah, away. Where I'm thinking yeah, about a show, I can turn there. it on. But oh, that's it's, really cool. it's, it's that cool? still very complicated. And uh, right now it- um, we're trying mm-hmm. to um, start at the basics. Like um, we want to let people control like prosthetics limbs um, yeah, with cool. just thinking about it. So that's kind of another direct application. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Then you being able to control your television with your mind, Jesse, that's probably true. <laughs> 
Well, okay. Two other facts. She, uh, in high school, Daly uh, once sewed a life-size sock monkey costume for a Halloween party at a local venue. Like, uh, think of the Kia commercial from 2010. Uh, the only problem was she forgot to add any holes to see or breathe out of the giant sock monkey <laughs> head that weighed 20 pounds. Um, uh. What happened? Yeah, so um, I just had to go for it because I knew I was just going to have uh, the best time of my life. I had always wanted to be like a, um, a high school mascot, but um, I knew I didn't have the dancing skills to try out for that. So I was like, okay, this is my one chance. I'm going to go be the sock monkey. And uh, basically, I had to have friends uh, hold my hand. <laughs> and it was kind of adorable because I had, you know, these like white sock mittens on my hand and they're just like oh it's just the big sock monkey but um yeah it was kind of hard to breathe um so I ended up having to um just like dance and try not to I don't know bump into people too much and uh but yeah I could not see a thing I would love it if she shows up to a Halloween party as a mouse and everybody's like ah, ha, ha. <laughs> but it's a but it's a mouse with like the brains yeah it's just like oh good one she's a mouse <laughs> oh, I see right so, so, uh, uh, Daly, your, your parents, your third fact is it sounds like basically the plot of what yeah, I yeah. see as like a funny Will Ferrell, Amy Poehler comedy. Are you guys picturing this too? They're technically empty nesters now, but her mom has turned their home into a concert yeah. venue called Sunstroke House Music. That does sound awesome. <laughs> your parents sound awesome, Daly. Tell, tell us about their, what is your old bedroom like a DJ booth now? <laughs> Basically, yeah. So anytime I want to come home, I'm like, hey, mom, I'm just, you know, I'm planning to come home this weekend, just making sure there's not, you know, like a bass player that's also going to be staying <laughs> in my room. So. But listen, she, this is how she describes it. It, it includes lights, AV equipment, <laughs> full course dinners before the shows. The musicians stay in guest rooms like an Airbnb. <gasps> and she, what? Um, the, her mom even had her favorite podcast, TBTL, host a live show from their living room. And then she says, even though it's a small Mississippi town, most musicians are indie artists and they usually only book those with less than 50,000 Spotify listeners. Isn't that, isn't that cool? Wow. Yeah. This is a patron of the arts. I love that's it. Actually that cool. Cool. Yeah, that's actually yeah. super cool. Yeah, that's super cool. But it's incredible. Mice. But the mice. <laughs> Still, I can't. So, is it going to be like a mice army that we can raise up and control? Is it? Uh, probably not. Okay, that's good. <laughs> you, uh, I mean, I, I am rarely speechless. <laughs> I know. I, it's like <laughs> it is hard. It. I know. I have so yeah. much going through my head right now. Like, like I said, I right. didn't know this research was even happening, much less you're telling me we're a couple years away Cameron, from you really mind controlling Jesse for wanting things. That when I actually think that would be a dream for you. Yeah, it just exists. To, just I just, I, to me, though, just the more, I don't know, it's not morality. I think what they're doing, you know, like being able to control prosthetics and things like that is amazing. Yeah. But in the wrong hands, my, I mean, mind reading, she literally describes as basically researching mind reading with brain computer interfaces. I just feel like there's there's a lot of moral grayness really? that the wrong motives could exploit, maybe, you know? Oh, sure, sure. I was just going to say um, that the nice thing about this, um, to make you guys uh, feel a little bit more at ease, is um, this type of research um, is very invasive to get really any information out of the brain. So I couldn't just, like, bring 
a device and like read your mind from across the room. So like, just make sure no one's like sneaking anything into your head while you're asleep. You'll be fine. Nobody was thinking about that daily. <laughs> yeah. All right. Listen, the fact that you're saying it daily makes me think you have that device with you right now. No, Dale, I'll say this. I'll say this. I don't know if you guys are at the stage for human testing or looking for volunteers. My mind is yours. I, the fact that you can already do this with mice, I feel like daily, I can trust before you. We, before we end, before we end this call and then talk about you for 45 minutes. <laughs> Um, oh, I just I just want to pick your brain on something. Oh, real literally. Quick. <laughs> uh-huh. sure. Thank you. Um, how long have you been listening to the show? I think since about 2015. I remember the first episode I listened to was um, an interview with Mute Math because they're oh. my all time favorite band. So I, I listened that. to that and I was like, all right, I'm hooked. You guys are my friends now. So <laughs> glad we got to meet finally. <laughs> That's incredible. That's awesome. Well, thank you for listening oh. to the podcast. That's all I wanted to say. You oh, thought it was yeah. a joke. I just thought it was really sweet of her. It's like, I thought you were teeing like up something. Nice. We always hang up on these, and I forget to say, oh, thank you for oh, being a listener of the week. Yeah. 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 Yes, yes, thank you for doing that and yeah. being awesome. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you are a delightful human being. You are also a monster. Uh, and I don't know I don't know how to reconcile my feelings about you. Yeah. <laughs> we are afraid of you. All right, well, thanks for joining us, Daily. Uh, that's Daily Nettles Jones, our listener of the week. Bye. Daily, Bye, you can, thank you guys. You can, you can, you can think. Hang up now; it'll work. <laughs> Bye, Daily. Wow, uh, set, set a high bar I, for future I, listener of the week. So. I'm kind of okay with XM. Yeah. I feel like it was that was the weirdest thing I've heard. A little That's little like, Black Mirror action <laughs> happening. I'm gonna go away for. I love it. I'm I'm, I'm gonna be I'm, I'm gonna be pre I'm gonna be preoccupied the whole day thinking about yeah. this. I'm gonna go down like a deep rabbit hole tonight learning about oh, all these. That's all it. That's all it took for you to do a weird rabbit hole. I am really surgery on mice i just don't that's so tiny that's so tiny tiny does she use lasers does she use uh, i do like that she said it's very intrusive (laughs) i was like yeah yeah Yeah, we know because it is brain (laughs) surgery oh my goodness it is it is a brain Wow. It's like it's like oh, that daily, game operation. I'm you, I don't, you know, I don't want her to know my address. Little tiny tweezers trying to get that little no. tiny funny bone out of the operation yeah. guy. There's, yeah, that's what I was picturing the whole time. Cameron is like a mouse-sized operation guy. I pictured she's sitting there talking to us, and there's just like three little mice on her desk, just, just like looking at her, at her yeah. waiting, <laughs> and they're just like got no little heads. Like you know, you know how she dialed the Skype number. She yeah. just had the the mouse yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah. She asked the mice, the mouse All relevant. And the mice just you know, looks we, at the When we computer. use our computers, we use a mouse. Oh. So does she. <laughs> now that is a regret. <laughs> We've been using mice on that, computers for years. All, we didn't know what Steve time. Jobs what was trying actually, to do. It is a real regret that we did not come up with that while she was on the phone. Because yeah. that is as right. <laughs> what if actually all she does is change the I control my computer with a mouse, too. I don't computer. care. That is a really great joke. <laughs> yeah, what if, yeah, what if, like what Annie just said, she's just changing batteries on, like... She just changes batteries at like a Dell super right. center and tells us that she's doing well, brain surgery. Mice. Congratulations, mice. madam. You got on the show. Everyone always spins their facts anyway. So this, she spun it right into the, our web. But here's the thing. Like I, we have no, I don't doubt she seems like an honest person, but if someone was like, yeah, I work for the time travel lab at the NASA offices in Arlington. I'd be like, oh, cool, man. <laughs> I know yeah. it's bad. We don't know if you're lying. Right. So oh, yeah, this is like a live now. Uh, listener of the week has become like a lie detector yeah. test on our ability to check whether people tell us the uh, truth. Yeah, or that's true. All right. Well, yeah, there you well, go. well we just, well, it. if you want to be a future listener of the week, send three true facts about yourself to us. 
True. Just tell via us Twitter the truth. at Relevant Podcast, and uh, we will pick uh, one for next week's show. Hey, and thanks for listening, everyone. Hey, on that note, we'll wrap things up. Many thanks to Samaritan Ministries for making the episode possible. To learn more about how you can be a part of this community of Christians helping each other with healthcare, visit SamaritanMinistries.org. Also, thanks to Bo Burnham for joining us. Uh, His new film, Eighth Grade, is opening wide today. You can follow him on Twitter at Bo Burnham. I'm sorry. I think you got his Twitter handle wrong. I think it's Bob Burnham. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. It's all one word, so I don't know, Cameron, to be fair. He was up at 4 a.m. He could have chosen his Twitter handle, Bob Burnham. We don't know. We all thought thought he was (laughs) We don't Gosh, know what the Twitter terrible. handle. It, we know it's spelled. <laughs> it's Bob. But I don't know. I thought that was you? Edit point. It's not. It's like, nope. Uh, that was totally. We all oh, did. That Jesse, was brilliant. Bob Jesse, Burnham. Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> Follow him at Bob Burnham. It says here. Bo Burnham. I don't know why I picked that. At Bob. Do you have Burnham. a? Do you have Twitter. to like use an email address to like log into something or whatever? And you know it's going to spam you. Do you use a fake one or oh, real? fake? Fake. What's yeah, yours? What's your go-to? Oh, I don't actually have. I just it's like usually random. I don't have like a go-to. You he have didn't one? want to tell you. He just yeah. doesn't want to tell Bob you. Bob at Bob.com. Jasper Bob Cunningham works every time. And if whoever owns Bob.com, I really apologize, buddy. Yeah, and it's all my spam is going to you because it's Bob. Yeah, and he is not appreciated. <laughs> Bob Earnham at Bob at Bob.com. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Bo Burnham, you follow me? <laughs> <Bob Burnham. laughs> that was a great Jess. All right. Hey, the new issue of Relevant featuring Leon Bridges on the cover is out now. Go check it out at relevantmagazine.com. It's available at newsstands nationwide as well. And you can uh, subscribe now at relevantmagazine.com. There's a good deal going on. I saw one out in Kentucky. I was going to take a picture and forgot, but I was at a, in a bookstore. Out in the wild. Always, I always feel very proud of you guys. Oh. I have nothing to do with it, so I'm so proud. <laughs> good job, dudes. Hey. Hey, for the for well, for a few weeks. I mean, yeah. again, it's yes, not yes, it's yes, not goodbye. Yes, it's not, see you soon. That's right. Yeah, there you go. A bit. Yeah, well, on that note, we'll wrap things up. Are, are we? Uh, I'm assuming we're ending on the boys yeah. to men. Or so cats. hard to say goodbye to yesterday. Shoot oh. up. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's whatever you want. Hey, it's whatever you want, Eddie. <laughs> yeah, Eddie. For the first time ever, you get to pick yeah. the outro song. Mm. What's your choice? I choose. If it's Dave Matthews, I band, choose you're never the final back. stanza of Mr. Mistopheles from Cats. Play it on relevant. <laughs> I don't care about this. <laughs> I'm Cameron Strang. I was Eddie Koffeltz. I'm Chandler Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Annie F. Downs. We'll see you on Wednesday. Thank you for listening to the Relevant Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from the Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe. I'm badly injured here. Stop the ballet. Ah! Relevant Podcast Network.